Hey, uh, Veronica, I, I've been thinking about something. It's kind of uh, difficult to bring up, but I think it's important. Oh. Okay, what is it? Well, I was just thinking, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And um, if if I were to, you know, uh, uh, tragically pass away or something were to happen to me, I've been thinking about how I'd want this show to commemorate me in the next episode. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, so so I mean, first of all, awful thought, but I know we have enemies. It, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, what are you thinking? Well, I I was thinking, you know, it'll it'll obviously be a, a hard, sad time. So I think uh, show can just lean into it, just make a uh, um, a nice, honest, uh, emotional tribute to me. Mm-hmm. Just that really explores the grieving process and and really in, in nuanced ways as much as make it feel honest is what i want mm-hmm. okay okay that sounds reasonable that yeah. sounds good and subtle that's the first respectful. you know first 40 minutes and okay. then for 40 minutes i want you to introduce the new characters in the box office universe oh wow so yeah so we finally get to meet your legitimate son that's exciting oh yeah oh my god so i'm thinking you know just have like uh uh loved ones talk about me in a really respectful way and then we introduce gary he's the new host and he's a little bit wacky he's got a backstory and it's super fun and then you know you can talk about me and about how much you know i meant for you in your life but then we return to jackson he's the new character he's gonna host but not this show he's gonna host a different show in the future you know, just uh, just like a nice tribute episode like that. It's it. I mean, it sounds perfect. No notes. That's how I would want everyone to be remembered. Yeah, I just want the message of the episode to be that while I, you know, was an important human being, my life is less important than the financial future of the franchise. Yes, of course. I mean... The podcast is the most important thing. Who cares about humans and emotions and stuff? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Speaking of which, should we record this episode? Oh, yeah, yeah. We haven't been before. Oh, shit. Toot toot. Toot toot. <laughs> <laughs> commentary seeping out of that intro <laughs> oh oof. yeah did that did that comedy bit briskly wake you up we're recording a morning episode and that's what happens when we record yeah. morning episodes we get punchy and hard get but we get hard <laughs> that's not what i meant oh boy hi i'm john Bershad. Hi, I'm Veronica Yavsky. And this is Box Office Time Machine, a show where we talk about the number one movie at the box office, either from the current weekend or a weekend in the past. But we are on a current week this week. Veronica, what are we talking about? We are talking about Wakanda Forever, 
colon. Oh my god, what is the colon? Uh, I think oh. it's the opposite way around. Oh fuck. Oh, but Wakanda Forever is way bigger on the poster. Okay, it's Black Panther colon Wakanda Forever. (laughs) Just in case anyone was listening to this episode and you said we're talking about Wakanda Forever and they were like, wait, that's not the movie I thought I saw. (laughs) Maybe that's a different movie set in this fictional nation. Oh, man. Well, I hope Julia Louis-Dreyfus still shows up. (laughs) <laughs> for oh. a second to mostly confuse me as a non-viewer of the TV shows. <laughs> Look, it's important that Julia Louise Dreyfus showed up for 15 minutes of screen time because this movie, um, uh, it, you might not have known it, but this movie actually came in short. It was only 60 minutes and it wasn't reaching feature length. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I got that wrong. This movie was already incredibly long. <laughs> Yeah, oh boy, what a, yeah, I think we kind of alluded to it in our intro, but what a, a whiplash of uh, emotions <laughs> and, like, throughout the movie, it, it was, it was wild, it felt like it was like three movies, at least. <laughs> I feel uh, like we, we say that a lot, and I feel like that, <laughs> maybe that's just us, but maybe that is showing kind of the flaws in the current uh, uh, blockbuster machine. Or at least the MCU machine. Like, I feel like every MCU movie has to do three things. It has to have emotional payoff for the characters that it still pretends to care about. It has to have Rock'em Sock'em CGI robots fighting, not, not directed by the director of the movie. And it has to, like, set up further franchises and now also TV shows. Uh, and as and I even noticed that as a non-watcher of like other MCU bullshit, like if it doesn't come out in theaters, I don't see it. And like here, I was like, oh, okay, this girl's supposed to be Iron Man now, or like. <laughs> yeah, wait, <laughs> like, what MCU machine are you talking about? Because the only machine I saw was the sweet mecha suit on Iron Man Junior, <laughs> a new character here to have adventures. <laughs> Uh, sorry, that, I do know that, that, that actually, character is like, actually named Iron Heart. She is oh from God. the comics. Uh, her right. actual character's name is Riri Williams. And I can't wait for her upcoming Disney Plus show, which I believe is coming out next year. Thank God we got a 20-minute preview for it inside this movie. Like, I, I feel like if they need to introduce these characters, just actually have them be, have an integral role in the actual movie it feels like she would because at the like in the beginning she i guess we can kind of set up the movie the movie (laughs) we came in hard (laughs) oh no i said hard again (laughs) oh god john jesus but so the movie starts well we have uh sort of we started museum res medium res where off screen uh, black panther is dying veronica can i uh, can i pause you for just a second i feel like we did come in <laughs> really hot and i want to make it clear before we jump into this i didn't hate this movie there are parts of this movie i really liked but then there was a whole lot of stuff that really brought that stuff down so this isn't going to be a full hate-a-thon Oh but, no 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 no! There are good parts about this movie. I'm not. I'm not. We're not gonna shit on it. But the much, bad shit think. really sticks out, and that will <laughs> probably be most of what we're talking about. So Veronica, please back back to our our plot summary. 
So yeah, so uh, Black Panther uh, dies off screen for obvious reasons. Uh, and then uh, we proceed with a very moving tribute to both the character. And then actually, I will say I teared up in like the little Marvel interstitial when it was just Chadwick Boseman. I thought it was really, really yeah. sweet. Yeah, we can um, get, I mean, we. I guess we can get to the dichotomy of this movie right here. <laughs> this opening was genuinely beautiful. Um, yeah. Veronica said obvious reasons, but just in case <laughs> you're one of the people listening to this podcast who, who I don't know, doesn't know, um, between uh, uh, the, the last uh, Marvel movie he appeared in, which was Avengers Endgame, and this, Chadwick Boseman, the actor who played King T'Challa, Black Panther, passed away in real life. They chose not to recast him, which I think is a great idea. I think was the the correct idea, right. and they chose and they added a whole sequence, multiple sequences to this movie that were like in tribute to him, including this opening funeral sequence, which is done wordlessly and is just showing uh, both the way the nation of Wakanda mourns, all, while also showing the characters that knew and loved T'Challa reacting to it. And it's one of those cases where you feel both the characters while also the actors who knew Chadwick Boseman in real life. It felt very honest. And then it mm -hmm. has, you know, the studio production card of Marvel Studios, which usually shows clips of all the movies. And in this case, just showed clips of Chadwick Boseman. And it's silent. There's no audio. And, uh, uh, and yeah, I heard many people in the theater I was in uh, sniffling and snuffling and crying here. It was very uh, emotional and powerful, I thought. Yeah. But then we gotta get into <laughs> <Gary>! the action. <laughs> <laughs> and, which is, like, fair. You know, you want to keep making these superhero movies. Uh, something very sad died, and I thought they paid homage in a very respectful way, but we have a plot to advance. And so, in the previous movie... Um, uh, sort of uh, uh, King T'Challa at that point has revealed that Wakanda is not some sort of like a backwards African nation, but in fact a super advanced, a futuristic one with uh, access to this resource that I'm going to call unobtainium, but it's not. What is it actually called? Vibranium. <laughs> Vibranium. Uh, Get your it, fictional metallurgy <laughs> correct, Veronica. I just think unobtainium is so fucking smart to call like a fictional element that I call every element unobtainium. Uh, <laughs> and so, and uh, all these other evil nations like the United States and France want this unobtainium. And so uh, they keep sending these squads to try to get it from places but they fail uh until lake bell is in this movie yep. uh it, which was very cool uh i thought and, and she gets one of the best scenes of the movie yeah so, that was a f the best scene of the movie not involving angela bassett yeah sure uh the best scene non-grief edition uh <laughs> is and uh so they are uh mining for uh vibranium in the bottom of the ocean and all of a sudden their rig breaks uh they they start hearing these siren calls and basically everyone who's guarding that rig starts to slowly jump into the ocean and then as uh a lake bell and man try to escape <laughs> in a helicopter 
they get uh, their helicopter gets whipped around by a creature of the sea and of the air. We don't really know who he is at that point, but basically we uh, to kind of cut the synopsis short. Uh, it turns out that his name is Prince Nemo. So that's the thing. Everyone in that movie pronounced his name is Nemo. And then <laughs> it turns out, turns out that his actual name is Namor. Uh, yes. Which well, was part very... of this is, I believe the, so the character Namor is, oh God, I sh should have done my dumb research. I believe the character of Namor actually predates Marvel Comics. Uh, Namor mm. the Submariner, a guy who lives under underwater, and he's a, a dick, um, is basically <laughs> his character. And um, I think in the original comics, Namor is backwards for Roman, um, mm. is how they came up with it. But in this, Namor and his civilization has been kind of redesigned to be basically like uh, uh, Mayan-based, Mayan or Aztec. Yeah, they're uh, like Mayan goes underworld. <laughs> in, in, a, in a great fucking, again, a thing that I thought was super cool and smart, not their underwater world. Oh boy, will I get to that. But this idea of reconfiguring the character. And in this one, they redo what his name means. So instead of just Namor, it's short for... Um, oh my God, is it the boy with no, with no love or something or the man with no love, but like no love being seen no more in Spanish. Cause he's named by a Spanish mission missionary. So seen cool. no more, uh, seen amor. So everyone yeah, pronounced it kind of no more in this one, but yeah, it's name. <laughs> it's very stupid, but I did kind of like it in, when I thought his name was Nemo. <laughs> But anyway, so he uh, actually breaches all the protections of Wakanda uh, to come and talk to Angela Bassett's character, Ramonda and Shuri, uh, who was uh, Black Panther's sister in the previous movie the, and was mostly like kind of a sidekick and a scientist in the previous one. She's still a scientist in this one, but I would say she's not a sidekick anymore. I thought you said uh, psychic. Oh, sidekick. I was like, did I forget something from that movie? She's a no, yes, yeah, she's a sidekick. Uh, and uh, anyway, so he wants uh, to team up with Wakanda to protect uh, both of their kingdoms from the colonialists. I mean, well, they don't say colonialists, or they might actually at some point. They say colonizer multiple times. Yeah, that was okay. a running so, joke in the first one that they keep calling Martin uh, Martin Freeman's character the colonizer. That's true. Uh, so, yeah. So he wants them both to team up. Uh, Wakanda does not want to be involved. So Namor me says that means war. <laughs> and he is... Uh, so he... Oh, oh, the thing... Oh, I totally forgot. This is how we are introduced to Iron uh, Kid was that uh, he actually wants to uh, kill the, the person who built the, uh, I, keep, I keep wanting to say unobtainium, but. How did, he, how did you forget this character? She's so integrated into the plot. <laughs> yeah, the, the Americans have uh, used the technology created by an MIT student, Ironheart, and that's how they found the vibranium under the water. And that's why Namor wants to kill her. 
Um, you know, a good way to think about it is uh, remember in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse yes. of Madness <laughs> when the Scarlet Witch wanted to kill the young teen superhero. Um, I forget that one's name. And the hero <laughs> had to protect the young teen superhero so she could survive and be in future Disney Plus uh, uh, shows. Um, it's that plot again. Yeah. Six months later, it and, is the and, exact same plot. And once again, it's like, okay, so you're trying to protect this one person, noble, great, but as a result, you destroy a thousand people. <laughs> I don't know. I always, I, I realize that that's, uh, <coughs> other people don't have that same problem with that uh, plot mechanic as me, but it always annoys me <laughs> when that happens. But anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so what proceeds is, you know, a war of Namor's mer people against Wakanda's people until they realize that they should not be fighting each other, and then the movie ends. Well, I guess in between we get a new Black Panther, but... Yeah, what they realize is that Shuri should take on the Black Panther role, as that character has in the comics... And she becomes the new Black Panther after defeating something, her arc. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the first Black Panther is a great movie. It, it was nominated for Best Picture, which I forgot. I was reminded of that recently. Um, it's a beautiful film visually. It's a thrilling movie. Chadwick Boseman is legitimately excellent. Um, and a great supporting cast. Mm -hmm. uh, as... as as mediocre as I thought this movie was, uh, someone pointed out, I forget who pointed this out, but like not many movie franchises could lose their main character and have the supporting cast lead a movie. And the supporting mm -hmm. cast of the first Black Panther is good enough that they could, uh, they could do that. And I honestly think a movie just about the supporting cast of Black Panther dealing with the loss of uh, T'Challa um, and with Namor as a villain could have been a good, solid movie. And we see bits and pieces of what that could have been. We see all the scenes with Angela Bassett as the queen. Uh, in the previous movie, she'd lost her husband, so now she'd lost, she's lost her husband and her son. And later in the movie, thinks she lost her daughter too. And she's great. So... Mm -hmm. um, Honestly, would have watched a movie with her as Black Panther. But can't make a Disney Plus show about a woman of that age. So Shuri, a character who, it's not Letitia Wright's fault, but a character that's just not interesting enough to lead a movie, has to be Black Panther. Despite all the other more interesting characters around her. I, I am so fucking sick of teenage super geniuses. <laughs> I just hate that character type so much. And it's like, and because the science in Marvel is so fucking stupid. I know. Like, all she does as her science is basically remove white blobs from, like, a DNA helix-looking thing and reinserting them in different parts and have AI tell her, this is a good thing you did. This is a bad thing you did. And we can also helpfully see it by how red or green it turns. That is not in any way an exaggeration. 
And that is all, <laughs> all Marvel science. Since the first Iron Man in 2008 decided to make Tony Stark's butler a computer AI voice because they didn't want it to seem too similar to Batman, every scientist in the Marvel series has to talk to a sassy AI. And, <laughs> and the first Black Panther, beautiful Oscar winning maybe uh, uh, costume design and visual stuff. The nation of Wakanda was fascinating and thrilling to look at. In this movie, we spend most of the time in boring CGI computer lab, science labs yeah. with people moving around floating computer uh, com CGI bubbles, literally just moving bubbles around. And then the other half, and this is, we'll get to the whole Marvel machine problem in a second. But unfortunately, this movie had other problems. The other half of it, Namor, visually awesome. His scenes above ground, so cool. We go underwater. And there's, you know, clearly supposed to be the moment where they, they come over a crest. And they see his kingdom. And Shuri gasps. And we see what it looks like. And my first thought was, I can't see shit. Yeah, it was so murky and weird. I feel like... James Cameron would be so sad. <laughs> is everyone, is every artist who's ever been underwater working on Avatar 2 and so they couldn't <laughs> help out with this movie? <laughs> yeah, it was, I, to be honest, I found the whole like Namor thing to be very boring. I found his character to be not interesting at all. I found the actor to not be compelling at all. It felt like he had zero charisma, especially compared to Michael B. Jordan from the previous movie. It was just such such a downgrade. And there is one scene where Michael Jordan is uh, Michael B. Jordan is in, and it's a I don't know. In my opinion, probably my favorite scene of the movie because he is in it. Because he is so much better than everyone else, maybe except for Angela Bassett in this movie, that it's astounding to me that they could not instead have retrofitted a way for him to still be way more involved in this movie than he was. He's great, but I, I actually disagree with you in that I thought uh, Tanoke uh, Huerta as Namor, I thought his performance was great. I think the problem is that I don't... His... Unlike Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan's character in the first one, who had a really interesting dynamic with uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman's character, the Namor plotline just doesn't connect with Shuri's arc in an interesting way. No. Um, and, like, I, I was shitting on the way the underwater stuff works in a minute, and I don't want to... I, I want to... Like, they were kind of caught between a rock and a hard place here by a few things. One... You do have Avatar coming out, which, no matter how that movie does, is clearly going to blow Look everyone's amazing. water effects out <laughs> of the water, I guess. <laughs> um, it's going to look incredible. Um, then you had Aquaman came out a few years ago. And I didn't see it, but I know people kind of enjoyed it. And that had, like, a really vibrant, fun underwater world with, like, an octopus playing the drums and shit. And so mm -hmm. I think they're like, well, we can't make it similar to that. Then you have the problem that uh, Marvel horribly overworks all their visual effects artists and don't give them enough time or money to do anything interesting. So what you end up with is just like looking through mud for like 30 minutes in this movie. 
Yeah, it was just so disappointing. I don't know. I was even expecting like something like Atlantis, The Lost Kingdom, that Disney movie. And that wasn't even... Yeah, it was... Yeah, it, it sucks. It's <laughs> bad sorry. when like the plot line is like this character being like, I need to save my amazing kingdom. And I'm watching it being like, someone needs to save you from this kingdom. This is not a nice place to live. Well, it's mostly like, oh, so there's just a lot of water pollution under there. This is actually an environmental commentary on how bad we've polluted our waters. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That whole, I, yeah, I just, I think that whole world and uh, character was just so uninteresting to me. I'm sorry. Well Here's the, like he goes above water like in the scene where they attack Lake Bell's boat, and if you don't know, Namor's character design is that he wears like uh, tight like speedos <laughs> and yes. uh, tight like tidy bathing suits, like Daniel Craig coming out of the water in uh, Casino Royale. Mm -hmm. Then he's got elf ears, and then he also has tiny wings on his feet that let him fly around. That's yeah, the design. Like, keep it they were working from from the comics existed for longer than 98 percent of human beings have been alive i think that character's probably like 90 years old or something um mm -hmm. that's the way he looks and they uh, the above water scenes were so fun to watch like them attacking the boat that i had no problem with him having little wings on his feet the moment they go underwater i was so bored that i was just sitting there being like how do they talk do they hear each other? And they're yeah, not... why are there parts of the world that don't have water in them? Uh, and some of the some of the people have the stuff on their face, but others don't. And it wasn't clear to me what the stuff on the face does. Well, I think the confusing thing is that his people can't breathe on uh, his people can't breathe on in air, but he can breathe in both. So they have to have the reverse but the they reverse still wear mask. them but they still wear them in underwater too there are scenes underwater where those people still wear them i think they were wearing them in the like middle area <laughs> okay. i think the confusing thing is it's a reverse scuba mask it shoots water into their mouths instead of oxygen but then uh. when they bring shuri underwater they put one on her Oh, no, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Why do they have a suit that can protect her to bring her underwater when they their whole thing is keeping land people from ever seeing that? Why would they own a device that would allow well, you know it doesn't that <laughs> that didn't bother me until right now. And that is that's the kind of stupid plot hole that when a movie's working, you don't give a shit about. For sure, um yeah. maybe they stole it. Maybe they stole it from a human. Who cares? Um Yeah, they stole it from like some scuba diving company. Yeah. That is operating above water. Okay, but the fine. the breathing part, I was just thinking about like the talking part because I was just all those scenes of them underwater. I was so bored because it was so ugly to look at. Yeah. I mean, I was also so bored because what they were talking about was boring. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it was boring. Veronica, did it's you notice like, this funny thing? What? This movie, like Halloween ends, both movies has a scene where the young female main character says she wants to watch the world burn, where the new male character of the franchise says he'll help her do it. 
This oh, and God. Halloween ends a month ago. They're the same movie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I will say, this movie is way better than Halloween ends. <laughs> Again, so a lot, a lot of good <laughs> stuff in this movie, I feel like. But yeah, I think like to get back to your point of uh, being interested in a movie starring the supporting cast, the original supporting cast, one of my main problems is that I agree and they're, they are given zero things to do. Mm. Uh, I think Winston Duke is in like three scenes maybe and barely does anything. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o is introduced like halfway through the movie maybe and also is not given a ton to do. And then like there's the Okoye character who I thought was the most interesting part and they seem to be setting her up for some arc because she initially fails to protect the princess and gets banished. But then nothing gets done with that. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it's also such an interesting world where there's a very female forward society. And I feel like we are kind of, basically that kind of gets ignored in favor of this boring man fish guy and also not to spoil at the end like the whole thing we revealed that oh don't worry there's a male heir to the whole thing so eventually we'll <laughs> that get was your takeaway <laughs> yeah eventually we'll get uh, a male black panther again so don't you worry audience i think I don't the know. message of like... that moment was more chadwick boseman lives on in his son but <laughs> but sure oh is that actually his son like oh, I don't son. think so. But I think like I think the idea is T'Challa lives on, and I think for that- sure I I get that. But like, why why not? Why does he not have a daughter? Why like why does it have to be a son? Why in this movie that like we we women get like one movie where like the majority of characters in power are women, and we have to be like mollified or the audience has to be mollified by the fact that like oh don't worry there's gonna be a dude soon there's a dude in the pipeline don't worry about it i don't know i just found that i mean yes i'm sure that's not what the movie was going for but it also just felt like okay what i didn't even need this at all like i like i didn't need to know that he had a kid somewhere I, that's so unimportant and it just like i don't know why did you have to do this here, here's here's why I think they had to do that quote unquote. Um, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, but is still listening at this point, probably very confused. Um, <laughs> the very last scene of the movie is um, uh, uh, Shuri return. Shuri goes to Haiti, or as they pronounce it repeatedly in this movie, Haiti. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was a joke or something or. Maybe that's how the locals pronounce it. Is I'm that how you sure. pronounce Haiti? And is that how the Haitians pronounce Haiti? I have no idea, but I do know well, that that's in other true. Then I'm going to sound pretty foolish on this. I podcast, do know that I? in other languages it is pronounced that way. Like in Russian, when you say Haiti, you say Haiti. So mm. I can see that being true. Well, then I take uh, complete <laughs> rescinded, uh, dutifully in. Dutifully embarrassed. Uh, whatever. Um, so she goes to Haiti, and uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character reveals that um, T'Challa had a secret son that they hid from the world for hand-wavy reasons. 
Um, <laughs> and that is actually supposed to be the end of Shuri's arc. Because what Shuri's arc is supposed to be is that she is furious and lost after the death of T'Challa because unlike her mother and the people of her society, she does not believe in the afterlife. She only believes in science. So she believes that T'Challa is just gone. And Ramonda keeps arguing with her, no, when someone dies, they're not gone. That's said repeatedly. And then at the end, she sees that in a way that both uh, uh, connects with uh, faith and with science, T'Challa isn't gone. He lives on in his son. That is supposed to be the arc. That's supposed to be the ending. However, that arc is uninteresting and not executed well. So when T'Challa T'Challa's son comes on screen, you thought, great, guess we need a man. And my first thought was, great, send up another future superhero. Cool. Let's slam one more into the movie. Which I yeah, think... Yeah, I mean, it's the same thought again. It's like, yeah, why do we need to introduce, like, more stuff? Like, give me... Like, do more with the stuff you already have. You have so much. Would you Would you agree with me that that's... That what I, the, what I just described is supposed to be Shuri's arc in the movie? I think so. I also think that the whole like watching the world burn thing also kind of came out of nowhere i feel like in the beginning that's not really a thing only until she has that scene with michael b jordan am i like oh is she driven by vengeance i don't know this is not the thing i got until this scene well we know we know that namor was part of the plan for this movie from before chadwick boseman died there was a plan to make a movie about T'Challa and Namor. And when Chadwick Boseman died and they rewrote the movie, they kept Namor in it. They kept everything that is important to the franchise in it. Introduction of Namor. Introduction of Ironheart. Presumably all the scenes with uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. But I think part of the problem with Shuri's arc is that Shuri's arc does not connect to Namor in a real way. Like, you can see how T'Challa and Namor could have had uh, interesting philosophical debates uh, mixed with punching um, about mm-hmm. what it takes to protect their kingdoms. That T'Challa, um, inspired by his debates with Ki- Killmonger in the first movie, decided to open up Wakanda. However, that has led to unseen repercussions personified by Namor. Who's like, now you've put both of our kingdoms at risk. And you can see how T'Challa and Namor would have mixed. But instead, we get a bunch of scenes of Namor and Shuri just being like, I hate the whole planet because my brother died. Therefore, I don't want to be the Black Panther. Which I I just don't know what to do with that. But I feel like we also don't even get like the I don't want to be part. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Maybe I missed something. I did go to the bathroom at one point, so I'm not sure. But it feels but for like... for 40 minutes you went to the bathroom. <laughs> probably unfair to it was, it was a big poop. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but enough about the movie. No, actually. The movie's <laughs> no, not but, that bad. <laughs> the movie. Uh, the movie uh, my grade is going to be in like... The, the B range. The movie's really not that bad. <laughs> no, it's not that bad at all. But it's just, I think the why we're hard on it is because we like the previous one mm. and are kind of disappointed with this one. 
Uh, no, it's just, I, it felt almost, I don't know. It, it didn't feel like we got the sort of arc from Shuri of there is an expectation of me to take over the mantle of the protector for my country, but I'm reluctant to do it. All I want to do is science with my weird red and green blobs and leave me be. Uh, we, like, there wasn't really, I, there was, like, some, I, I guess, like, after her grieving over her mother, that was, like, sort of her decision to take that on. But it just, like, prior to that, that could have been something that was planted before. It's not that hard to do. Like, I don't, it just feels like she got that, the most obvious arc, like when it was neat, convenient for them to like have her do something for a reason, but it didn't feel really rooted in the story that they were telling, I guess. It's, yeah, it's just, yeah, so now we need her to be angry, so she's going to be angry now. And before we didn't need her to be angry, so she's not going to be angry then. And it's like, but I don't know. I that That's why like at the end, I also did not know what to make of her trip to Haiti. It was just like, okay, I guess she's going there now. Uh, I don't know, like, what, what, what kind of closure is it for her, really? I don't know. <laughs> In broad strokes, it's like her brother died, and she's angry, so she doesn't want to be Black Panther. And then her mom dies, and that makes her angry, so she decides to be Black Panther. Like, that's how the movie feels. But, like, they're clearly trying to do something more nuanced. That she views herself as a failure. Similar to how, um, it's been a few years now, but I believe, you know, in, in Civil War, T'Challa uh, uh, was angry about the death of his father. Um, she views herself as a failure. We open the movie uh, with her trying to save... Um, uh, trying to save uh, T'Challa using her science because she's the world's greatest scientist. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to save him and she fails. So she has she's faced with self-doubt. Meanwhile, her mother is trying to get her to um, trying to get her to uh, focus on like the faith-based part of their society, believe their beliefs in, you know, the ancestral plane and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And as a scientist, she doesn't believe in it. And the Black Panther mantle is kind of supposed to be a combination of the two because it's their, like, heritage and kind of religion. But also she needs to use her science to... Uh, she needs to use her science to regrow the plants that would allow the Black Panther to continue. So she has to kind of forge a new path that kind of like she needs to regain her belief in herself and her science skills and she needs to accept the religion of her people and combine the two to create this new black panther that's supposed to be her arc i am giving the movie so like i like <laughs> i'm i'm meeting the movie so much more than halfway because while there is dialogue that sets us up between those scenes, there is just so much bullshit. And now I think we need to talk 
about the fucking Marvel MCU Disney machine and how it just grinds this movie to a fucking halt. Veronica, yeah. what are your thoughts on the CIA? <laughs> I I don't I'm confused. I I have not seen any well, I've seen WandaVision or some of WandaVision. Uh I don't know what Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character is. I'm aware that she's in the franchise because she puts that on Instagram. But I, <laughs> like, I don't, like, is she, so she's married to Martin Freeman or she used to be married to Martin Freeman? That seems to be part of it. That I is don't the know one what, interesting part of that storyline. Uh, yeah, I, I liked, I thought their actual, like, dialogue together, they played off each other pretty well. Like, I... But I don't know what her goal is. To be honest, I don't know what, like, why Martin Freeman even needs to be in this movie. Neither of them help anything. Like, they could have found the Iron uh, Heart girl, like, without their help. Like, literally, it's like, it's not, they're only there, I guess, to further other goals that what I kind of, like, assumed as I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is for reasons that I don't care about that this is here because I'm not going to watch whatever is the next thing that they're going to be in. But it is bizarre to me that this is how they make movies now. <laughs> it's like, it's the, you know, it's what they used to do in television, you know, when Grey's Anatomy wants to spin off private practice, they have like an episode or something that is set somewhere outside the hospital and people are somewhat confused, but hopefully they'll keep watching. But it's basically that. And it just feels, I don't know, this might be melodramatic, but it feels disrespectful. Like I'm going to see a movie. I expect to see like a fun, good movie that it stands on its own. And instead I'm getting all of these, the equivalent of like pop-up ads uh, for just like future things that I like tell me the story of this thing just like tell me one cohesive story <laughs> I don't know it's just it's so annoying yeah I mean this is this is uh, we say this on every Marvel thing for the past couple years because it's gotten really bad and it didn't used to be this bad and and I think I I like this movie so we have Ironheart and we can talk about her in a second but we have Everett, Everett Ross, who's a Martin Freeman character, who was an important supporting character in the first Black Panther. Important because sure. I think Disney was afraid that white people wouldn't go see it unless they got the guy from The Hobbit in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's, he's a funny addition in that movie. Um, and he's uh, Watson. I love, I love Martin Freeman. Yeah, um, no, he's, he's, uh, he's my tip. I watched though, the real office. Sorry, losers. Um, his accent is weird in this one. Like he did an his American, American accent. His American accent is. It, he it, did one for Fargo, which I thought was yeah. better, but maybe because it was stylized. I more think because there. it was car- that one was supposed to be cartoony. I think it's okay. e- it's like any accent I did is like a cartoon. So if I was like. If I was playing like an Irish person in a Looney Tunes cartoon, I'd be fine. But if I was cast in the Banshees of Inishirin, I'd probably <laughs> stick out. <laughs> Top of the morning. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, uh, uh, but okay, so he is, he's a supporting character and it makes sense. Like it's a fun way. How are we going to get this information about where Ironheart is? Oh, let's go talk about, talk to that guy from the last movie. Fun cameo. 
that he is in this movie because of that and also because he's going to be a major character in the upcoming Disney Plus show Secret Invasion. Now, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. Truly. That's the name yeah. of it. Secret yeah. Invasion. That's yeah, fun. Okay. I like when they use the old comic names. Um okay. Meanwhile, Julia Louis-Dreyfus has been in a few of the TV things and I think one of the movies, but I can't remember because she is going to be in the upcoming movie or TV show, I can't remember, uh Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts. She's Thunderbolts. like an evil Nick Fury and she's creating a team of evil people, but she works in the CIA. Great. They're there for future episodes. She's been in things. Now, in the past, in early Marvel movies, here's how it would have worked. We would have had the first scene with uh, uh, Martin Freeman where he does his plot important thing. Yeah, Ironheart's over here. But, and then he would have gotten a little tease where he says like, oh, but don't, I got to be careful because the new CIA director is watching me like a hawk. She's a real jerk. And the scene would have ended and we would have been like, huh, I wonder who's that lady he's talking about. But then we continue. Then we would not have seen him because he doesn't matter to this movie until the post credit scene where he would have walked out and he's like, oh, no, it's the CIA director. And Julia Louise Dreyfus would have come out and she's like, oh, no, it's my ex-husband. And everyone in the audience would have gone, they were married. What a fun teaser for next time. It would have been 50 seconds of screen time and it would have been just swell. Instead, we have like eight minutes of different scenes with these two characters just being like, huh, what's the deal going on in Wakanda? I don't know. Sure sounds interesting, though. Yeah, we should keep an eye on Wakanda. Back to Wakanda. Why is that scene in the movie? Take it the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I was... Yeah, it's just... I, I, I feel bad for Ryan Coogler. <laughs> just... Because obviously he has a great job. He's a, he's a good director. He's super talented. But so as a director, you have all of those sort of directives from above coming at you, telling you to incorporate all this bullshit that I assume he did not want to be part of this movie if he could help it. Then also you don't get to direct any of the fight scenes, really, because those are made by a different CG thing. Well, it's not like Ryan Coogler is uh, uh, proven himself to be really good at directing fight scenes in maybe another <laughs> massive blockbuster franchise. Who yeah. knows? I mean, who knows if he's got the talent yeah, to maybe make... Yeah, he's it. Who knows if he, is, if he has the creed and moxie to direct boxing scenes? <laughs> yeah, it's just like... Uh, and even if he didn't even have that experience, I mean, fucking Christopher Nolan directed Memento and then he did Batman Begins and the fight scenes were not that good, but they were fine. And then he kept improving and it was also fine. Like, you know, and now, so what do you do as a Marvel director? It just seems like your purview is so small. And if at any point you kind of veer off the roadmap of like whatever 10 quarters ahead that Marvel has for itself, you're kind of, you're in a bind and you're told like, no, 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 all of this stuff has to be in it. And also your movie still has to make sense. And I don't know. It's just, it's probably a pretty hard job uh, to just still, you know, trying to make something that's good. And um, also your friend and collaborator just died. Yeah. Like, can you imagine you're trying, like, I, 
did not love this movie, obviously. But like, I can't imagine how difficult it was to try to make a sequel that was respectful to the legacy of Chadwick Boseman, to that character that was so important to so many people. And then to also like, I can just picture the conversations where, uh, you know, the execs are like, yeah, yeah, I think it's, Ryan, I think it's right to start with a lengthy funeral sequence. I think that's important. By the way, you do still need to have Elaine from Seinfeld in there. Like, <laughs> to be clear, Ryan, she needs to be in there. It's just... Uh, yeah. So, the other one, Ironheart. What'd you think of Iron Man Jr.? <laughs> Uh, well, I didn't know that that's where this was going until they show her flying suit and the sort of the UI of the flying suit, and it's basically Iron Man, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's what... We have the is. immortal line from an extra a police officer, whoa, she's got an Iron Man suit? <laughs> yeah, well, that really gave it away, but I, I can't will... tell. I can't tell if that's that line is annoying or funny to make it so blatant. <laughs> Whoa, I will, she's got I will a Robert you know. Downey Jr.-like charisma? <laughs> uh, I will have you know that I did notice before then <laughs> that she was Lady Iron Man or Iron Iron Baby? No, Iron Girl? It's Iron Baby, you're right. Iron Baby, okay. Uh, anyway, I, I mean, she was fine. She was, I thought, like, if you take such a lengthy detour out of your movie to get a character out of one of a school, the equivalent of one of Wakanda's poorest performing schools, which I thought was a cute joke, uh, like do something with her. But then she sort of, I guess she flies around. Uh, she, I'm sure she helps, <laughs> but like we don't really necessarily see it. I am also interested in the logistics of getting that car into Wakanda in order to fix it uh, so that they gift it to her at the well, end. Well, Veronica, like, the car's <laughs> going to be an important part of a TV show. So oh. they use synergy magic to put the car back together. Oh, it, are you? I, I can't tell if you're joking or not. <laughs> I'm, I don't know anything about the character. Just with the way they talked about that car, I was just like, well... I guess this car's part of a comic character because I don't know why the fuck else we're spending this long talking about a tertiary character's unimportant car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, at the end, I don't fault the actor. I think she she was fine. I, I thought she had some, like, cute one-liners, but, it again, it just felt like a detour that was not super relevant to the story. I think they could have made it more relevant. I feel like there are ways where they could have maybe played her arc against Shuri's arc because uh, they both lost people. You know, they're both sort of, you know, women in science. And even though Wakanda is way more progressive than, you know, the Western world, like still, like, I feel like there could have been a lot of interesting stuff there, but they didn't do any of that. Like, you know, she was one of the CGI things that was flying around on the screen at one point. Of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talk about the Marvel machine and the things they have to include. But there's also the part of the Marvel machine where these movies have to come out when they're supposed to come out, no matter what. Well, I guess no matter unless there's COVID. Um, <laughs> but like this movie had to come out here. So given a little more time, because they had to rewrite the whole thing due to the death. 
given a little more time, you can you could make this character work because she is basically just Shuri from the last movie. She's yeah. a comic relief young woman who's an amazing scientist. So if this story was like a, a clearer version of Shuri's arc where she's like, because she, she 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 can't be the comic relief anymore because she's dealing with this tragedy and she has to become a tragic hero to have a character that mirrors uh the mirrors the lightness that the, her character used to have that she could look at this this woman this young woman and be like oh that's who I used to be that's who I could be and maybe in in the section of the movie where Shuri's like uh, I don't want to be Black Panther. Maybe she wants to spend more time with Ironheart because she doesn't want the pressure of taking on her brother's uh, memory and defeating Namor. And then you could have Ironheart be like, oh, I didn't run away from my things. I became Ironheart because my dad died, you know? And that could help inspire Shuri that, oh, maybe I should be Black Panther. Yeah, whatever, whatever. There's a way to connect this character, but the way it feels right now is just... It, all I all I hear when she talks is tune in to Disney Plus in 2023. <laughs> yeah, and again to just the detriment of the original cast that I feel like was very shortchanged for the most part. I think Angela Bassett got more to do, which was good, but uh, otherwise, I just. I don't know. I was like, I was excited to learn more about, you know, like the female warriors and stuff. They're such badasses. And like when they fight, it's really cool. Uh, and we didn't really get much of that beyond sort of the initial scenes with Okoye. And it, yeah, I, it's just and like the stuff with Winston Duke was also weird. Like his last scene basically I think is supposed to imply that he is gonna be the new leader of Wakanda. Yeah, sure he's not gonna be the queen. I think he's gonna be the king. But just the way that they set it up was so I don't know. It wasn't like super clear. It's it sort of felt like that scene ended in the middle of it. Uh when he is like, I I want to fight for the throne. Oh, there's no one there? Cut away to Haiti. I was like, oh, but I don't know. Let's see what that means. Let's understand I, what any of that means. There, I saw some comment online that I think th there's some storyline in the comics that's like a, a, a rebellion amongst or like a mutiny amongst some parts of the um, what are they called? What's what's the the uh, the the army, the, the all lady security team? Oh, called? I don't know. I don't the Dora something. The Dora something somethings. The Dora, Dora something. the Explorer. Um, <laughs> the door, uh, the door, and the explorers. <laughs> and I think like that'll probably be a Disney Plus show. And they're like, well, uh, we need Letitia right for the movie, so let's make Winston Duke will be on that show. And then also, even though Akoye had a right hand woman in the previous movie, who's also appeared in like the the TV shows, is uh, the actress um, uh, Florence Kasumba. We need we need to set someone up for the for that future TV show. So we have Michaela Cole as the new right hand woman. Also, um, like so short changed. Like I was like, oh, so they cast Michaela Cole. Like she's gonna have a like clearly this character is gonna have like something in the movie to do. She's in like three scenes, barely anything. That was so disappointing. <laughs> Because I think they're setting her up for something else. And that's what this all It's all but about. But it's always like setting up. you for something else. Why are we not living in the thing? Here's that's the, the spinoff I want to see. 
I want to see a show that's just about the poor soul who has to uh, continuously fix the floor of the Wakanda kingdom because <laughs> Okoye shoves a spear through it every 30 seconds. What does their floor look like? It's just got <laughs> holes everywhere. Yeah, I, I just... I feel like all of this setting up for the future just never lets you kind of live in the now. I don't know. This is more philosophical, I guess. But I don't know. Just every time. And I feel like I say this every time we watch a Marvel movie. It just makes me sad. It just like this whole like state of movie development just makes me profoundly sad. It's story edging. <laughs> like we're just we're constantly getting told the stories about to come um and i didn't mean to use come right after edging hard well, you were you were very hard earlier so you know <laughs> um but like i i mean and yes that is kind of that is uh ongoing narrative like comic books but the thing is like just you can do that while still making successful still making movies that are successful in their own right and you want to know why i know you can do that because the earlier marvel movies did it and i don't know what the fuck happened but boy there's been a real downgrade in quality but let, uh, quickly things i really liked i all the supporting cast was great um leticia right i although i think the shuri character works better as comic relief I think she sold her dramatic scenes really well. Angela Bassett's incredible. Lupita Nyong'o made me spend the whole time being like, why isn't this movie about Lupita Nyong'o? <laughs> um, I, every, anytime anyone from Black Panther 1 came on screen, I went, boy, I'd love to watch a sequel about this person. I know. And we just kept yeah. not getting that. So, so, yeah, this was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, and I thought, again, like, all the morning scenes where people were grieving and talking like humans, I, I thought still worked because the characters uh, or the actors, I think, really pulled it off, and I thought that was good. But, yeah, any time, you know, we're being reminded, Clippy style, <laughs> that, okay, <laughs> looks like you're watching a Marvel movie. You might be interested in the upcoming Disney Plus production featuring this character. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, you know, it's like they say a camel is an animal made by committee. This very much felt like a movie made by a, a ton of committees. <laughs> uh, what you guys don't realize is that was actually an Easter egg setting up Camel Man from the upcoming... <laughs> 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 the, head, the head of the evil committee um <laughs> uh yeah oh well uh, all right i uh, can't wait Should to we... our upcoming episode on uh, ant-man 3 um in which he will be dealing with kang who is the major villain of avengers 5 <laughs> <laughs> let's grade this movie <laughs> uh all right three two one c plus. b minus okay yep cool yeah if if you're listening to this and you're like that didn't sound like a b minus it sounded like you really didn't like it no it's i'm less angry i'm just disappointed yeah just why do we have to watch these movies <laughs> <laughs> well Veronica, what <laughs> other movies have you watched 
Uh, actually, I haven't really seen a ton of stuff, uh, but I have seen uh, the movie The Menu, uh, written by two Onion alums, but it is a horror movie set in the world of high dining, uh, and I thought it was really fun, uh, as long as you don't really think about it too much. <laughs> I'm very excited to see it, so no spoilers. I have not seen it yet. Yes, well... The main course is Kwanzaa. <laughs> oh, edge of my seat already. What have you seen, John? Uh, since our last episode, um, I watched 20 more horror movies. No. Uh, I've <laughs> no. Only, this time I've only seen one other movie. I quite liked it. It's the Banshees of Inna Sharon. Hey, nice. I saw it last time. I yeah, also quite I, liked it. I thought, wait, I, I think on your lunchbox, I think I liked it more than you me okay who liked it more <laughs> didn't you i gave um, it three and a half stars i thought it was right. pretty good i gave it four wow I, again off by half off by yep. half when martin mcdonough is a guest on this show he'll only talk to me whoa i i hope that happens that would be quite lovely yeah, uh well john <laughs> are you are you or dear listener curious about what could be the next movie that we talk about I'm so curious. Well, well, well. It could potentially be... Uh, let's see. Oh, ooh. Uh, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Another, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> another Martin Freeman production. It could be The Lord of the Rings, colon, The Two Towers. Fuck me. Uh, it could be um, A Few Good Men. No CGI there. Uh, it could be. You know, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cruise, entirely CG. Mm. Uh, it could be Tootsie, which I think is quite fun. Uh, Those are our potential options for next time. All right, so look forward to that episode when either I will be suffering through Tolkien, uh, uh, a world I don't give give a shit about. Deal with it, audience. Sorry, (laughs) I think they're boring. Uh, we could either get towers? that. What? Even the two towers, really? Oh, all boy. of it. Don't like all of it. Oof, uh, so that could we be. We might a have episode. to do the two towers. Or we could be talking uh, a few good men. Uh, I have not seen that's Sorkin, right? You've uh, never seen a few good men? Oh wow! I have not. I have not. I used to watch it a lot. Um, or we could do an episode about Tootsie and discuss how men in dress comedy has aged. All <laughs> so uh, uh, which we'll see which route we choose to go down in the next episode of Box Office Time Machine. I'm John Bershad. I'm Veronica Yurovsky. We never end like this. I don't know why I did it. Yeah, and back to you, Brian Williams. <laughs> <laughs> toot toot. Toot toot.